morning. Welcome to the North Point of View here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm a grandfather. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, well, congratulations again. I haven't gotten used to that yet. Yeah. So how are you? What's his name? Oh, his name is Elias Alex Kimsey's. Nice. I that's love like, that name. That's regal. Yes, it is. It is. I love the Elias. I would Appropriately I would, so. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Topic this morning. Inflation is the buzzword, right? I mean, that's in every article. I mean, it's on everybody's mind. It's, it's the big deal. Obviously, we've been focused on it for several months. We've gotten some new data. What's, what's the latest data on inflation? And then I know we're going to click over to freight and, and maybe a correction there. Okay. So on the inflation, in March, we had an uptick in the headline number. And let's just separate this a little bit. We've got core inflation, which is inflation of everything other than food and fuel. So food and fuel tends to have a lot of seasonality to it, a lot of cyclicality to it. Uh, the slightest things can upset the supply chain for both of those. And so we take that out and we just look at the core. So let's go through the bad news. March of this year compared to March of last year, we had a little uptick in the headline number and it went over 8%. I can't remember big. the exact figure, but it went up like maybe 30 basis points. The good news is the core inflation, so everything other than the volatile stuff, is actually down. So we lost like 40 basis points on the core inflation, and that's what economists focus on because the other part's too noisy. In fact, uh, you sent me a very interesting article in the Wall Street Journal the other day about how the rail system for the bulk, not for the containers, is all snarled up and we can't get right. food stuff to the right places. So. You're going to continue to miss your Cheerios with the cinnamon flavor or something like that. You know, swallow the... That's going to make me cranky too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's already bad in my house. I don't... I, honey nut <laughs> Cheerios are the best. Exactly. <laughs> so we got a problem. So, that's another problem. We'll get to that on another podcast. Yeah, exactly. We got to talk about this. But anyways, the core inflation number actually came down. That's really... Good news. Yeah. Right? So that tells us that we are probably have seen the top of the of the acceleration in inflation. We've seen fuel prices drop a bit, so that's out there. Um, the only other part of inflation is wages, and right now unemployment is slightly below four percent. We need at least five percent for the economy to grow, just like we like five percent vacancy in a real estate market. And the ones we like right now all have less than 1% vacancy. Right. So it's absolutely choking. Yeah. Desperately need a lot more workers, a lot more industrial. So these things are, are beginning to impact us. Right. And so let's dive into that, the freight issue, a little bit more because there are parts of it, to be honest with you, that are, that are confusing to me. The amount of demand, the, the congestion at a time when... I, there seems to be just a limit on capacity, but what, mm -hmm. and I know that you're focused on, I mean, part of what you really focus on is rail and understanding rail is a key component to all of this. Just give me a, a minute or so on what's happening with rail right now. All right. Well, a couple of things. Let's separate rail into the international container services that rail does. You've got the domestic services that rail does, and part of the domestic is the bulk stuff. You know, lumber, coal, and hay, you know, just like in the old uh, 
barge saw. Mm -hmm. When it come, you know, there was a lot of pressure on the railroads to get the container parts sorted. They mostly did, not completely, but they mostly did. And uh, this is like the game of whack-a-mole. So we got the container sorted, now the bulk stuff isn't right. And so we're seeing a lot of rail cars getting stuck in places that uh, normally they don't. So there are delays of trains arriving to where they should. And a lot of the rail cars have to go from point A to point B and back within so many days. So they can do so many round trips a year, or at least during their peak season, in order to get stuff from the farm to the table. Right. So that has not worked. That's not in good shape. The railroads are saying that they have uh, too few workers, and this is one of the reasons you know things aren't in place. It's a running theme for us, right? We were just talking about it in a, in a podcast last week about we don't have enough workers. Well, we don't have enough workers in rail. But in trucks, that's changed. So we're seeing truck rates drop. And uh, the guys who report this are, of course, giving us a national number. But I suspect that it's really more of a regional thing, that trucks coming out of Southern California are seeing a lot more capacity open up than on the East Coast. And part of that may be because importers are concerned about the uh, upcoming contract negotiations right. of the stevedores on the West Coast. Right, right. And what I believe is they've already shifted a lot of their stuff to the East Coast. That's what it feels like. It, it does, exactly. <laughs> and so I've been talking to the East Coast ports and they're all saying, yeah, we're not seeing any slackening. In fact, if anything, you know, we're worrying that we've, you know, we can get everything done on time. Whereas the West Coast has actually seen a drop in the number of ships and, and a drop in the number of trucks running out of there. How does this tie into the first quarter GDP numbers? All right. It will, let me break that into two parts. Okay. I always do that, break it into two parts. The first is there's been a lot of concern about an economic contraction. Right. And um, this drop in the truck rates is less cost push on inflation. Okay. So to me, this is good news. Right. I'd like to see more slack in the trucking industry so that the transportation rates drop because they are the biggest component of any goods company's operating costs. Yeah, we just need a breather. Right, exactly. We just need a breather and it's materializing. And to me, in a lot less volatile way than I expected as we got out of COVID and back to some kind of normal. Can you explain the GDP numbers to me from the first quarter though? Because I don't really understand yeah. them. So the first quarter GDP number that was published, the seasonally adjusted number, said that uh, the economy contracted by 1.4%. And according to the media, this surprised economists across the board, which is incorrect. I was not surprised because I'm not looking at seasonally adjusted data like the government is reporting. So the data that comes out is adjusted for the time of year. Oh, well, there's not much going on in the first quarter. Everybody is hungover from Christmas and Hanukkah, etc. <laughs> so they don't buy a lot. And if there's a surge in sales, it gets exaggerated because, well, seasonally it would normally be much lower. So this is far above the seasonal number and, and, and vice versa. And what happened in the first quarter is we had a contraction but meanwhile, employment was up in January, February, and March. Right. That's curious. Retail sales are still high in January, February, and March. Service spending shot up a lot January, February, and March. 
Uh, we would have spent more money on cars, except the car makers are struggling to make cars. Sure, the semiconductors. Exactly. So trying to judge consumer patterns based off of the unavailability of goods just doesn't make sense. Right. So I, I've been looking at for over two years now, purely non-seasonally adjusted data. Mm -hmm. And the news there is that the economy expanded 4.6%. It's a very different message than what you get by looking at the seasonally adjusted data. And I think I'm right because the seasonal adjustment factors, I don't know what they are and I don't know what you would choose. But tell me, Mark, which of these years do you think was our last normal year? 2019, 18 or 17? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be 18. Yeah, 18, maybe the first half, yeah. 17, but definitely not 19 because in 18 at the back half, we were imposing tariff on the Chinese right. goods, so we had a surge in imports. That makes GDP look bad because you, know, you subtract imports from the GDP number to come up with the total number. So yeah, 18, the first half of 18 would be the last normal time. What year is this? 2022. So I have to go back four years to find a normal year. What are these seasonal adjustment factors? I don't know, but whatever they are, I don't trust them if they're using the last few years of Almost like making an excuse to underscore what you intend for the message to be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well played. I know so, the answer, but I'm just not going to give you the question yet, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it. Yeah. Walter, always great being with you. Same here. See you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.